Hey, it's Chris Jericho, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Go Blues! Back to the Blues Hockey Podcast, your host Jason along with Chris. <laughs> Yo. Yo, so we are finally sit down and record uh, oh. an episode. It's November 5th, so we won't go into everything because but just basically like I had a bunch of some issues come up and Chris has had some issues come up. Life has been hectic for the both of us for the last few months. And um, yeah, I and did I think when once one of us kind of had like a slow period. The of, other like, one. well, things aren't the other one got stuff got crazy so it was like when i was kind of like had nothing going on chris had like a ton of stuff going on yep between work and other stuff and then when i had some stuff come up chris was kind of like okay i can fit some stuff in and you know like we had our jeff ponder came on did our kind of our season premiere kind of episode you know, so I, thank you for doing that jeff yep uh, but yeah so we just it's just been hectic and then on top of that not any excuses because i probably should have known this um so sometimes me and Chris cannot be sitting across from each other because, cool. you know, just, you know, so it's kind of hard. So easier to do this stuff on the internets, you know, uh, YouTube decided to drop that platform, which made Thanks, it YouTube. very hard. Yeah. Which made it very hard to, um, so I had to do a lot of research to find like the best possible, um, platform. And I think we found something here. Yeah. Uh, um, so I think we're so once we uh, we're going to test this out for a couple episodes, see how it goes, and then eventually we'll be streaming this multiple places, and then have you guys kind of be able to join us when we actually record an episode, and we can have kind of feedback as we talk about things. So for right now, we can't go through everything that's happened so far. If not, we'd be here for three hours. That's the truth. So we're going to kind of fast forward the season up until the Boston game, Correct. but we're still going to talk about important things that have happened so far. So. We're going to do the Blues news first, uh, and there's a couple of big things that happened so far, which is uh, insane already. Um, the biggest news, I guess, that's happened so far is Vladimir Tarasenko is out for five months with a shoulder injury. Yeah, and that seems like a long time because it is, um, but you know, thankfully that happened in October and not December, where you're looking at him being done for the season instead of just five months. Yeah, he... Apparently, it is the shoulder that got injured in the playoffs last year. So, I guess he opted not to have surgery and kind of had, like, or he did have surgery on that one. I, I've, I haven't found the exact thing saying what happened. Basically, it didn't seem like a hard, it seemed like a harmless play. And I believe it was the Boston game, correct? Uh, no, it wasn't. It was the game before the Boston game. Correct, because he didn't make that Kings. trip. It was it the was Kings, Kings game. game. Kings game. Yeah. So in the Kings game, he was on a partial break, kind of was trying to muscle uh, Drew Darty off him or uh, one of the guys, and just stopped and just went to the bench and it basically they have not said exactly what it is. If it's full reconstruction, uh, it's a shoulder kind of popped out type thing. Uh, I'm guessing it's some kind of reconstructive surgery. I mean, that's right. that's a long time, so I'm sure it's not just simple. It popped out and you're putting it back in there. Um, so he's out five months, which basically they say reevaluate in five months, which basically is 
pretty much the end of March, the way it looks like. So basically, he's done. He might get a game or two to warm up if we make the playoffs. Yeah, but I agree. Uh, so that's a huge. Point. What's your opinion on how the Blues should go ahead and do this? Should they uh, hold steady, go for maybe a small upgrade, or find somebody, or well, go for go for broke? And uh, I heard uh, people already clamoring for a Taylor Hall. Well, I don't know if Taylor Hall's the answer because I think that that is a rental and an expensive rental at that. Um, I think you know you're early enough in the season that I think you can stay the course and see how this team reacts. You have enough pieces in place. Um, and something that's been very true about this team this season and the last few seasons is unlike teams like, let's say, Edmonton or even Chicago, the Blues are not built around one or two players. They are a true collective. Now, obviously, Tarasenko's on the high end of that collective, along with Ryan O'Reilly and players like that. But this isn't a team where if you remove one player, the team's going to fall apart, as evidenced by the way this team has played since Tarasenko's been out of the lineup. I think that the Blues should stay put, um, maybe bring up a guy from San Antonio. I know everyone's big on Clem Costin coming up, which I love him, but I don't want him to come up if he's not going to play meaningful minutes on a meaningful line. I would rather him stay in San Antonio and play top six minutes than come up here and be relegated to a fourth line, which doesn't do him really a damn bit of good. Um, If we get to say the end of December, beginning of January, and this team's flirting with the playoff spot, like maybe they're going to be in, maybe they're not, then maybe you make a trade. Maybe there's someone out there, you know, at, at that point, maybe the price tag for Taylor Hall isn't as much because New Jersey is going to know they're not going to resign him and they're just going to want to get something, anything for him. There's going to be players available. The problem with the Taylor Hall is if you get Taylor Hall and you want to sign him to a big contract, you're pretty much kissing Petrangelo goodbye. Yep. Um, Because even with the money that's coming off the books for the Blues at the end of the season, with Bo Meester's contract coming off, and I think – is Steen? No, not Steen. There's somebody else fairly substantial coming off at the end of this year, and I can't remember now. Um, that's still not going to be enough to cover um, both Petro and Taylor Hall. You might get a slight hometown discount from Petro, but it's not going to be much because that dude knows that he's now a Stanley Cup winner and arguably one of the top 10 defensemen in the league. And he's going to get paid somewhere if it's not St. Louis. Yeah. So, I mean, they, uh, you know, locked down Braden Shen so far this year. That which, surprised uh, me. The term of that contract surprised me. Yeah. Eight years, uh, basically an average of 6.5. So it takes him up to he's about 35, 36 years old. Uh, I was surprised that happened because I thought, you know, he had rubber pumps. You know, you're expecting big things out of him. You got to lock up for a handful more years. So, and, and, I mean, Bozak's only blocking for one more year. Right. So he's going to be either be face-down or not re-signed. But now you have three quality centermen that are – and also I think Shen's one of the guys where if the skills diminish, and don't get me wrong, it would be really kind of awful to have somebody on your fourth line at $6.5 million. But I think he's also one of those guys that's tailor-made if he's – 
his skills do go down slightly. And we do have higher ability guys that have to be take the first, second, and third line minutes. Braden Jens would be a damn good fourth line player or even third line player if he's at that age of 35, 36. Yeah, I agree. I My first thought was there's no way that guy's here for the full eight years. But I think you're right. I think that uh, – and look, I was I was high on the Bozak signing when we signed him last year. I think he proved his worth, especially in the playoffs. But I think that given the choice between a long-term contract for a Braden Shen or a Tyler Bozak, you're going to you're going to ride with Shen every time. Yeah. So that was surprising. I was talking to, I mean, you were not out with us when we talked about the uh, Justin Falk trade, which we are having uh, shocked us um Signing and then it's not him getting signed for some time. So we got a decent term for a while. But you never know what that's just a good work out. But uh, so far, we'll talk about it. Justin Falk is, uh, we'll put it politely, struggling to fit in, I think, so far. I think defensively he's been okay, but I think whatever bag he packed his offensive talent in must have gotten lost in the move. Yeah, 15 games so far, just bosses to minus four. Um, I think I, I've noticed the passes have looked pretty good. I like that about him. But uh, like I said, I think he's still trying to fit into a group that didn't take up last year in a very close group. Um, I agree. Another thing we're going to talk about, we'll go game by game on this. And I think the, we've got some high points so far and surprising uh Guys, so far, we're also talking about guys that are uh, so far have a slow start to say the least. Um, well, how about we do it as we go along? Because that'd be easier just to kind of talk about. Let's talk about the ball game since that was a big reaction. First game without Tarasenko. Uh, Blues, unfortunately, didn't come out the way they wanted, though I. I mean, I think it was actually for a 3 nothing game. I thought the Blues actually looked pretty darn good. I agree. I, I don't think the score of this game uh, reflects the competitiveness of the game. I, you know, obviously, you don't like to see a 3 nothing score. Um, but if you look inside the numbers, this game was a really, really tough game and well fought by the Blues. Yeah, I thought they were a little slow to start. Because um, I even was out with a couple of friends at the Center Ice Brewery watching this game, which, by the way, uh, not a uh, paid uh, advertisement here. But if you want to go to a hockey bar here in St. Louis, I'm sure that people have their own suggestion. I highly suggest go down to Center Ice. It's right next to two gr- two great restaurants in Pappy's and Southern. And they let you bring in your those food from there. And they have no problem. And they have great beer there. And it's just an awesome place to watch the game. Um we had a night where it wasn't too wasn't too crowded. I got a little crowded near the end of the game, but man, it was a perfect place to go watch a game. So highly recommend people going there. Um, but you're talking about a Boston team that was six one and two going into this game. Uh, they were playing well, man, to say the least. So uh, Tuka Rask really good this game. Agreed. Yes. It's one of those things where it looked a lot like game seven. Boston was all over the blues to start the first period. And the Blues finally got going in the second, and then just unfortunately the goals just added up, and they just couldn't uh, couldn't shake it, and then th- lose three nothing. Uh, so the Blues 
five, three and three in this kind of look uneven so far this year where it looks like you're going to break out and play really well. And then, or they're giving away two nothing leads nonstop. Boy, uh, aren't they? Yeah. It's, it's a lot of the two goal leads that were just, I mean, that's the common saying is that's the, you know, you know, most dangerous lead in hockey, I guess, but the blues seem to give it up quite a bit. Um, the next game was really a lot of evidence of that was uh, back-to-back games here. So this is the first like road trip we find in, uh, without Tarasenko. So right now they think Tarasenko is just out for this road trip. Correct. The Blues are he's reevaluated on Monday. The Blues play Sunday at Detroit. So uh, I don't know about you, but it's kind of weird when we play Detroit. Everybody's be so hyped to play Detroit Red Wings, and now I super don't care. Well, I think it's a you combination. Know? I think that's a combination of the fact that the division rivalry is gone. And to be honest, Detroit's just not a good team. They're not. Yeah, it doesn't help the Blues land. Uh, they uh, win this game in overtime here. Blues hand the Red Wings eight straight losses to start the season. Yep. Uh, so, like I said, like we said, we nothing lead. Shen and Sanford uh, lead the way to start the period, first period, and they look really good. Two nothing. Blues are all over Detroit. Detroit fights back with a power play goal, but O'Reilly makes another two-goal lead. And then the third period is like they just got tired. I don't know what happened. But in a matter of half the period, they went up two to losing by one. Uh, Larkin, uh, Valerie Fipula, and uh, Tyler Bertuzzi all get goals here. The Bertuzzi goal, if you remember, was kind of like off face-off and just beats Bennington short side. Yep. A lot of people thought this uh, This was a game a lot of people thought Jake Allen would be in. Uh, as we find out, Jake Allen apparently had some kind of some form of the flu. He had the Ebola flu. Apparently where he lost 50, he lost 15 pounds is what they were saying, which... Uh, I, I need that flu. I say I, I, I wouldn't mind that flu uh, either, but uh, Ryan O'Reilly gets a power play goal with about four minutes left in the game. Uh, off kind of like a scramble play, and then Perron with a really Good play by being patient instead of just throwing the puck at the net. Waited while everybody was sliding around. Uh, Bernier actually knocks his own defenseman over, which gives O'Reilly a wide open net. O'Reilly gets his third of the year. And then overtime, David Prawn with the uh, time drag move in. Who was that? Uh, fan favorite, David That's His it. sixth goal of the year. Uh, the Blues, you split the road trip here, and then they come home to find out. Vladimir Tarasenko is out for five months, and that one hurt. Uh, they just sent Jordan Kyer down because he finally rehabbed his knee, so he's not kind of el- not eligible to call up. But they said they want to get him like a solid month before they uh, consider calling him up. Correct. I think that you're looking at is more likely than possible. My name, and also Nathan Walker, who was mentioned by name, who just won an AHL Player of the Week, and he's leading their, uh, he's tied for lead in points of all the AHL. So uh, I would not be surprised if Nathan Walker gets the call up instead of uh, Clinton Costin, depending on what they're looking for. for right now, it looks like they're going to roll with uh, just what they have because they have extra guys. It is they have a. Uh, you know, Fabry has been the extra guy lately, so they might call somebody up if they go on the extended road trip eventually. But so far, no call ups. So, very true. By the way, before we move off of uh, 
the Detroit Red Wings game, I wanted to mention, I don't know if you've seen it or not yet, the uh, the documentary about the Russian Five that is on iTunes. Not uh, yet, no. It is really, really good. It is obviously, it's the story of uh, the 90s Red Wings, and namely Fedorov, Fetisov, Kozlov, Larionov, and Konstantinov, the, the big five who came over from Russia and made the Red Wings really along with obviously Steve Eiserman and the, you know, rotating door of goalies, um, what they were in the nineties. It is a phenomenal watch because, you know, that was still during the era of uh, Russia where you didn't leave, you know, you, you stayed home, you played for the red army and uh, and you didn't think about doing anything, and they essentially defected uh, and came to the U.S. and played hockey. So uh, I know it's a red. It's going to be really hard for the Blues fans to watch it because that is right in the wheelhouse of the Red Wings kicking the Blues' ass for the better part of a decade. But as a hockey fan, it is a fantastic watch. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. And uh, also, I need to get around to the Grant Fewer doc. There's a lot of. Uh hockey documentaries that are out there that are yep. definitely worth watching. So that's how I got to this one. I've with everything that's been going on with me, I've been spending a lot of time watching movies in hospital rooms. And I watched uh, this, the Russian five movie and it's really captivating. Awesome. I'll have to check that out for sure. So the blues come back home and they play this kind of stretch where they're not playing really great teams. So right. this is where they have to get some points and the blues have done a really good job at uh, doing that. So they play Minnesota wild who, my um, first game in my seats all season, and they, and uh, looks and what do you think? I I luckily was able to get one uh, one. I would see the Colorado game there, and I thought they were pretty good. So, what's your thoughts on those? Uh, I love that I have a seat that's at the top of a staircase, so I literally have all the leg room in the world. Yeah, that's perfect for you. That's all that so, matters to me. I I it, it's a bummer because last year you know we were six rows off the ice, and this year we're we're essentially right below the Fox Sports Midwest booth. Um, they're right over my right shoulder. Um, yeah, I know. But I will gladly trade moving up about 15 rows for the leg room and the elbow room. I, and the sight line is great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a good, uh, good sight line from there. And you got nobody behind you, so you don't have to worry about anybody behind you, which is nice. Correct. So, anyway, Blues of Minnesota. They kind of a feeling out period for the first period here. Yep. Uh, second period gets going. Sammy Blay gets a goal his fourth of the year. Uh, he did really well. He's continued his good start from training camp and uh, continues to uh, impress no matter what line he is on. But I think he really looks look good on the Perron and O'Reilly line. I agree. I think he's he's really starting to come to his own. And then uh, I wanted I wanted to say to John, I think it was no, this wins. This is the Wednesday night game, correct? Correct. Okay, so those are the guys on NBC. I believe it was Brian Boucher said something about. Uh, Matt Zuccarello has, does not have a goal so far, and he's really struggling. And then less than like five minutes later, he gets a goal. His first of the year from Stalin, uh, Jason Zucker. Which means that his last goal of the 2019 or 2018 season and the first goal of the 2019 season, both in St. Louis. Correct. Uh, with Dallas, he scored in game seven, and then he scores here. Yep. So apparently it's the only place he can score. <laughs> Remember, so, uh, if, if memory serves – He's the dude who damn near scored at the end of regulation in game seven. I believe it was, was that in that Ben? Was that him or Jamie Ben? I thought it was him on that wraparound. Mm, okay. I'll I could be wrong. 
I thought I could it was be I could be wrong. Anyway, but he had a lot of good chances there in that game, though. So, um, third period comes around. Uh, the Blues do get the go-ahead goal early in the period. Uh, Petrangelo, who's, I think... Do you think he's in a contract here? I was going to say, you can tell someone some, sometimes that somebody's in a contract here. It's fifth goal yeah. here from Perron and uh, Gunnarsson. And he's played good, very well defensively and on top of, like, jumping into the play and getting uh, a lot of five goals already, which is... That was uh, a goal scorer's goal. That yeah. was a good goal. Yeah, it was a... Uh, just deked, uh, I believe it was actually Zuccarello sliding and uh, yep. Dubnik out of their pants. And oh, yeah. Top shelf. Yep. So Blues hold on here after a little late push. Bennington played, I think, one of his better games. I thought so he played very year. well. I thought he played very, very well. He's had a very kind of up and down. Uh, I agree. To start the series, to series, start, to start the year. He's been very, looked good at times. And then he's had a couple of weak goals. But part of me is also thinking like, Hey, like it's gonna happen, type thing. Like you know, please, you, you know, can't like, stay that high forever. Yeah. So, Blues get to play the Columbus Blue Jackets, and it's Friday night. And the interesting thing here is on this road trip, or this is at home. Excuse me, before they leave. Correct. Um, this is a Jake Allen game, correct? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. So Jake Allen. Didn't look great this game. <laughs> no. Um. So Robert Thomas, he who's hopefully he's been moving up and down the lineup so far. He's kind of struggled at the first line, trying to replace Tarasenko, trying to find a home on that third line. That third line hasn't been effective, and and it's not because of Pat Ruin there. It's just that line was rolling at you know the most opportune time, and then it just seems like they've had trouble getting traction this year. Um, but Thomas gets a goal from Bozak. I have a Bozak makes a really good play. Beautiful play. Yeah. So uh, with the defenseman, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois gets a goal with literally six seconds left in the period. A nice deflection goal. Yep. So nothing you could do there. Uh, Borkstrand gets, uh, excuse me, Milano and Borkstrand get goals in the second. But the Blues come right back with two goals in 26 seconds. Shen on the power play from the slot. And Oscar Sundquist, after a kind of a scramble type play, he gets a uh, goal. So the Blues play decent third, I think, about even eight to nine in shots. Blues have a little shot advantage there, but they get one shot in overtime and one goal. And once again, fan favorite David Prong gets another goal in overtime. So two in one week, the Blues making a habit of actually playing well in overtime, which is nice to see. So, yeah, after starting that. after starting what zero and three in overtime, they've won their last two. Yeah, so they look uh, really good in overtime here. So we will take that. Uh, Bennington was still in for this game, so I apologize on that one. So I thought it was so Bennington still getting this one. So that means Jake Allen is deemed healthy, should be back for the next game where the Blues are going on the road to play the Minnesota Wild, where he's and had success. Yeah, where he's had, you know, we've talked about many times where he played an amazing, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, amazing series where he basically stole that series in Minnesota years ago. Uh, for him, damn right he did. Yeah, it wasn't for him that we wouldn't have won that round and wouldn't have been going to the second round. Agreed. But, uh, you know, 
and th- I don't want to bag on Jake Allen, but I'm just going to bring up the stats real quick and before we get into the game. So his stats for the year, not great. Mm-hmm. So so three games played. I believe he's still two and one because the Blues have actually scored a bunch when it comes time. But here's the stats that really kind of hurt. The goals against average is three point seven three. That's not going to get it done. And this is not, also not going to get in the save percentage. 0.855. Yeah. What I noticed, and I think I sent you a message during this game, is he overcommits so often that he'll 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 slide one way and overcommit to that post that all they ha- all the opposition has to do is make one pass back across and it is a gaping wide open net every time. And that's when they're not just going through his legs. Yeah, which which is what happened on the third goal, which is the Zuccarello goal. The Zuccarello, excuse me, Zuccarello goal is where he was scrambling and he fell while scrambling right side to side. Zuccarello buries it. The Fiala goal, which is the second goal in the second period, where there's they're battling on the boards, and Fiala just threw it towards the net. It it just whipped between his legs, yep. and that was the heartbreaker. Where the Blues down one nothing early after a Marcus Fabiano goal. Uh, Mackenzie McEachern gets his first of the year off kind of a weird play where he bats it into Dubnik and then Dubnik tries to. I've done this playing goal, just you're swatting at a puck, just trying to grab it with your glove, but he just instead he knocks it into his own net. Yeah, and he gets and he gets his first. And Carl Gunnarsson with a nice play goes short side after moving up on the play, gets his first of the year. But we talked about the Fiala goals. Overcommitment on one and just a very weak one on the second one. And that you could tell that down the sales of the blues. It really did. I and agree. You can tell that whole the rest of that second period was hard for them to get into it. So you talk about five minutes into the second period, you're already getting, you know, mentally taken out of a game, a back to back games on top of that. Yep. So but the Blues fight back in another short side goal. Sammy Blay gets his fifth of the year at six about the six oh five mark in the third. And you're like, okay. And the Blues play okay the rest of the way. Kind of it goes back and forth, but you know, I think the Blay goal was able to give them a little bit of life. They outshot them ten to seven in the uh, uh, period. I think the killer too for the second period was the Blues had outshot them twelve to six. Yeah, and most of those shots were in the first five minutes. I think I think four. I think it was four shots in the first five minutes, and two of them went in. And yeah. they only had a couple the rest of the way. And you and the Blues shoot them, and there's only 23 shots that whole game. And Jake Allen just and the Blues bailed them out again, which is good, I guess. But well, he's, he says he's adjusting to the backup role and being officially kind of known as the backup now. It, it, you know, he's trying to, I guess, adjust to it. it ain't gonna if, you're gonna, if you're not going to do it, man, the Blues, because I know the Blues want, to, want him to be at least mildly successful this year because I, you know they want to part with that $4.3 million. Oh, you better believe it. You better believe it. Because they need to free up some room to sign Petro in the offseason because you can get – they can go around the league, and I bet you the way uh, Billy Huso is playing right now, He's, he's done a dramatic turnaround compared to last year where he struggled greatly out of the gates and never really found his footing last year. And he had two shutouts in his first four games and has played really well. Uh, San Antonio uh, 
Rampage are off to a six-two and three start. Yeah. So they're playing very well. Who's playing well? He played very well this year. He's a candidate for the call up next year. Maybe stick with the backup or get another maybe another veteran to put back there for one more year, and then Huso will be the backup after that. Right. But um, you know, Jake Allen, they're gonna have to figure that out eventually. Finish this game up though. Once again, the Blues one shot in overtime, one goal option. Ryan O'Reilly does it himself. Uh, just dekes the hell out of Parise and goes uh, blocker side on Dubnik and wins the game. Speaking so. of Parise, I think that the turning point in this game, and we forgot to talk about it in the home game against Minnesota, the Blues had a goal uh, called back. That uh, O'Reilly scored a goal, and the Minnesota Wild reviewed it for offsides. It was ruled offsides. They took the goal off the board. In this game, Parise scores a goal that, if memory serves, would have made it four to one. Yes. I think at that time, right. and the Blues challenged it for goaltender interference because as Parise goes to tip the puck in, his elbow makes contact with Jake Allen's head. And I thought it was a borderline call at best because it wasn't intentional, but I get that intentional or non-intentional doesn't matter. Contact is contact. The officials overturned the goal. It stayed three to one. Right after that is when the Blues really started to get rolling. So I think that unlike in St. Louis, when the Blues were able to overcome having that go-ahead goal pulled off the board, the Wild never really recovered. The fans never really got back into the game after that goal was pulled off and the blues just started to roll downhill and uh, ended up coming back and winning this game. Yeah. So, so the blues, some fortunate bounces and so far, and they've been able to get the job done in overtime. Uh, but got to tighten it up a little better defensively here. It seems like they've kind of got the defensive pairings to figure it out. It was like, it's Falcon done on the, the third pairing. Pareko and Bowmeister in a second pairing, and Petro and Gunnarsson are your top pairing. Yep. Fortuzo has been regulated to the box, uh, box for now, uh, along with Robbie Fabry. It looks like McKenzie McKecker, who's played very well since he's been in that fourth line role, just hitting guys, keeping the puck in. He got the goal last game to kind of get things going. So I think having him uh, out there, I think it adds that toughness element that the Blues. I mean, nothing. I mean, Pat Maroon had it there, but you had that bigger body who's going to go around and take it. I agree. Good to have on your team. Yes, I agree. So, uh, we're recording about uh, an hour ish before the start of the Blues Canucks game. We should be a good game. The Blues are 8 3 and 3. Canucks are 8 3 and 2. Yep. So, should be a good one. Uh, but the big news, I think big news, but the news out of this game is Jay Bowmeister, for all that he is. Is you know all the crap that we've probably said a lot of Blues fans have given over the years. He's gonna be playing his 1200th NHL game tonight. Yep, that's that's big. Be just the 111th player to do that, which is and only the fourth Blue uh, to ever do that while wearing a blue note to do that. So uh, that's a big. I mean, as much as whatever you want to say about the guy. Uh, that's a huge milestone, and that's that's just adds in there uh, some more accolades for a guy who, yeah, I don't know, man. You keep he's piling. He got the Stanley Cup championship now, and he's gotten a he's won almost every international 
everything you can. He won a World Juniors. He's won Olympic gold, and he's a Stanley yep. Cup champion and a World Championship. Yep, he's won all those. Um, I, I think he calls it a career at the end of the season. I mean, I think he does too. But question he, he got is, his he, is he a Hall of Famer? Oh yeah, I think so. hundred percent. Think so. I don't know if he's a first ballot guy, but I think his stats are there. I think his Ironman streak and what he's accomplished. He's one of what only a couple dozen people to win the triple crown, as they call it, what you were just saying, which is Olympic gold, yeah. Stanley cup and world juniors. Yeah. Um, so or, is he, it, uh, or is it world cup, Stanley cup, Olympic gold? I like that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that he has gone about amassing a very successful career. Um, obviously, you know, he got to St. Louis and the injury bug hit. And I think we've all realized that, he was probably playing hurt for a while, but we also saw that once he took that time off and got healthy, we saw the return of the Jay Bowmeister that we thought we were going to get when we first got him the second half of last season into the playoffs. That dude played fantastic down the stretch. And that was the guy that by and large, I think everyone was ready to ship out for a bag of pucks at, at, at some point over the last couple of years. He has way earned that contract extension he got this year. But I think if I'm Bo Meester, there's nothing left to prove, man. You've done literally everything there is to do right off into the sunset and call it a career. Yeah. So, uh, so congrats to Jay Bo Meester on our 1200th game played. So I think uh, he has a very, he has the credentials to make it into there. I mean, there might be, there's probably less, are guys who've made it to the Hall of Fame over him, but so I think having the I think having the Stanley Cup on there makes it a, him have a, a definitely a case now to be I in the totally Hall. Totally agree. Totally agree. I think that, like I said, maybe not a first ballot guy, but I think with everything that he's accomplished, for sure he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So we talked about the guys that are surprising so far, maybe not surprising. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly leading the way with 16 points so far, and yep. then right behind him is David Perron with seven goals. Uh, 15 points. Uh, Braden Shen leading the way with 10 goals. You know, so I mean, you're talking about there's your top guys are performing. I think the only guy, there's two guys that I, I kind of picked out that are struggling so far. Um, like I said, Justin Falk, I think, hasn't been super impressive so far. I would agree. Uh, Robert Thomas is, he, he had some injury issues. Looks like the wrist kind of acted up again. Yeah. Uh, he, he's only played 10 games so far, two goals, a one assist, and a minus three. Justin Falk's a minus four for being tied for worst on the team. Right. I had Robbie Fabry. So uh, those are two guys that I expect to hopefully turn things around. If you get those guys going along with who's going right now, and you're talking about a team, like we talked about, they're eight, three, and three so far. First so place is essential. Yeah. So they're only, and then they have most games played, but still uh, they've got a couple points. They are a point or by two. By one game. By one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, not going to complain, honestly. No. Good start. Keep moving. Uh, keep piling up on the points against these uh, against the low-ranking teams. Tonight will be a good test. I think Vancouver is a pretty good start. Pretty good team so far. So uh, I believe uh, the Vancouver Canucks beat the Blues in overtime last time they played in St. Louis. Yes, you're correct. And uh, Vancouver finished or second in the Pacific right now, behind the Edmonton Oilers, who have had a very good. Uh, start of the year. Correct. So a couple of surprising things so far. So we'll see how the that shakes out some teams that are, uh, you know, the usual teams are not at the top anymore, which is surprising. San Jose is last in the uh, 
league right last in the West right now. That really doesn't surprise me. I mean, if you look at last year, at the end of the year between free agency and trades, San Jose was like the Titanic, man. Everybody who wasn't named Joe Thornton left that team. Yeah. Chicago was kind of been wishy-washy so far. And they, uh, what was the know, stat that we uh, what was the stat that we were talking about about Chicago that they scratched like eleven million dollars worth of contract? Yeah, they scratched um Seabrook and kind of somebody else, um Zach Smith, who they acquired in last offseason, uh, where there's scratches and it was all like it was like ten point four something million dollars. That is just ridiculous. Yeah, and Los Angeles is struggling as well. So all your teams that are kind of the teams that have been very popular the last five to ten years are now starting to hit that guys are getting older and you've got a lot of high – like, for example, Los Angeles, Chicago have a lot of big contracts and guys not performing right now. I'm looking at Minnesota, Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah, Minnesota handed out some big contracts, and they're you know, the same way as San Jose. It's a lot of teams that are aging out. That's why the Blues are trying with the – you know, not one guy's – you don't have one big guy on the team that's going to eat a lot of your salaries because you get it spread out. I heard a uh, so we'll see what happens. I heard a quote from Doug Armstrong two weeks ago. I think probably right about the time that uh, Tarasenko got hurt, and they were talking about you know that this team has spent to the cap, but they haven't put all their eggs really in one basket. And we the Blues may not have a ten or eleven million dollar guy. But they've got a lot of like six to eight million dollar guys that all filled their role really, really, really well. And I think having that balance is what's helped St. Louis not fall apart when one guy goes down for an extended period of time. Yeah, so an eight three and three. The blues are nine three and three. The blues looked at the front says eight three and three and then it doesn't update and then to go to the standings and this is nine three. So, excuse me, nine three and three is what the Blues are against the eight three and two Vancouver Canucks. So it'll be a very interesting lineup tonight. Uh, Robert Thomas gets moved back up to the first line, so that'll be interesting. Jordan Bennington back in net. So and the Blues they have a uh, is it the uh, can, is there a Western Canadian uh, road trip here? Yes. I believe it is. Yeah. And then Calgary on Saturday, and then back home next week. So correct. Uh, Calgary, they will they will be facing Milan Lucic, who got suspended uh, for two games after punching a guy in the face for no reason. Yeah, uh, you know, but so that's our team that's struggling too at seven, six, and two. They're not really uh, supposed to be guys that are supposed to be leading the way this year. Not really. Edmonton's been surprising, so we'll see how they do. So uh, I think that's about all we got for this one. So we'll start wrapping it up here. Uh, the Blues. Let's see. That's all. Yeah. So, if you get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. Chris is at at Hossapalooza. Uh, get a hold of us on Facebook and Instagram. Look uh, for Blues Hockey Podcast. Our website is blueshockeypodcast.net. Uh, also, let's see, and then YouTube. So, starting soon, our YouTube, I keep saying I put more content out there, and this is going to be one of them. We're going to be live streaming some of these podcasts. So turn on your alerts if you subscribe. So subscribe, turn on your notifications, and you'll get a pop-up when we go live. And you'll be able to watch us, our beautiful faces, and comment and do a bunch of fun stuff. 
The other thing is, which on our Facebook page, I'm going to have this thing, if this works out, we're going to be streaming there too. So it'll be fun to do that. And uh, I'll be able to answer comments as we watch a game possibly. So it should be a fun thing that this new uh, format, once I play around with it a little more and get a little more uh, testing done, it'll be good stuff. So uh, that's about it. Anything else you can add before uh, you sign off this one? I just wanted to say thank you, not just to you and your family, but uh, a lot of the people who are regular listeners to the show uh, have reached out over the last couple months asking about dad and stuff like that. And uh, please know that that means the world to us. You know, as Jason said, it's been a while since we've recorded because life has gotten in the way. Um, but we really do appreciate that you guys uh, listen and you stick with us. And even when we're gone for an extended period of time, you guys uh, understand and uh, and stick with us. So thank you very, very much. Okay. And uh, so something that uh, you'll have heard at the beginning of the podcast, which I had my notes, I did not mention. Uh, so our new liner, which I'm super excited about. I stayed <laughs> just when Chris was supposed to get on. So I didn't use it for when uh, we had Jeff on and some other stuff. But uh, yeah, Chris Jericho, uh, the AEW world champion, likes the Blues Hockey Podcast. So I figured that would be a fun one to get. So we're so that was a that's a so somebody that's my favorite wrestler of all time and having them say that I was kind of like okay that's a, that's that's a beyond cool and uh, <laughs> so so we're excited so and then we're also gonna I'm also gonna do some stuff since that's what we do we talk about blues hockey throw a little bit in there so we're gonna do something around uh I got I got an idea for something around uh in a couple weeks in Survivor Series pops up so got a cool. fun idea we're gonna do so. Uh, thanks everybody for listening and we're going to talk to you guys soon. See ya.